Welcome to the Spider Career Podcast with Ed Hill and Laura Guzman. We are discussing the career trajectories of spider researchers and also those who carry out important work that enables and supports the research being conducted. Today we discuss life as a PhD student and our guests, Phoebe Astley and Melissa Jakovidou, are two students from the Mathematics for Real World Systems Center for Doctoral Training, which has the acronym MATSIS, based at the University of Warwick. Join us for this episode as we discuss what undertaking a PhD entails and find out more about the student experience as part of MATSIS. Hi Phoebe and Melissa, thanks for joining us today. Hi. Hi. So perhaps starting with you, Phoebe, could you just tell us when you joined the Mathsys programme and the current stage of your PhD? Yeah, so I joined last year and I'm now in my first year of my PhD after doing the master's year. Excellent. And in terms of what you did uh, prior to joining Mathsys, what was your background? So I did maths at Warwick. I did the MMath master's course. Brilliant, thank you. And, and Melissa, yourself, when did you join Mathsys? Uh, so I joined back in 2019, so I'm currently in my third year of the PhD. And uh, previously I did an undergrad in St Andrews in Scotland, and then I did part three at Cambridge for a master's degree. With having you both here, therefore we have a, a spread from uh, Phoebe, who's kind of just starting out on PhD, and then Melissa, who's... A um, couple of years now into it, so it'll be great to hear about your experiences as we chat today. Mathsys is an example of a master's PhD program that recruits and trains students in advanced quantitative skills and applied mathematical modeling techniques. These techniques are critical to addressing contemporary challenges arising from biomedicine and health, modern industry, and the digital economy. A focus in programs like Mathsys is methodological themes that are applicable in multiple research areas. These include spatial and temporal modeling and integration of complex data and mechanistic models. An application within this is mathematical epidemiology. Vivian Melissa, what about epidemiology and infectious disease modeling appeal to each of you? So I always really liked applied maths and I, I found that I really enjoyed having like the clear real world applications to my work so that it really helped me stay motivated. Um, so I felt like epidemiology really worked in that way and it was like a really interesting topic area. Yeah similarly I'm all, I was always pretty keen on applied maths because of as Phoebe said being able to see applications in real life. Um, I kind of got introduced to mathematical biology in my undergrad a bit randomly really. I just chose a module and then I kind of really liked it so then I went into um, I did like a end of year project uh, there which was kind of cancer related so and after that I kind of found out about epidemiology as well. It's cool to hear about how during like the undergraduate degree there's like just a math bio type module that piques the interest and then it's kind of all cascades from there I think I had a very similar experience. So there can also be multiple reasons for um, embarking on a PhD which can include developing the research skills being motivated to make an original contribution to scientific discipline and also just to pursue a passion. And so given your own respective interests, was there a main motivating factor for pursuing a PhD or was there a combination of reasons behind that? So perhaps Phoebe, starting with you. As part of my master's, I did a project in epidemiology, which I really enjoyed. So I knew that that was the sort of area I wanted to go into. And then at that point, I kind of had the choice to either 
look at being a research assistant or go into a PhD course like the one I'm on now. Um, and I decided that the PhD route would allow me to have a lot more um, flexibility in what I did. And yeah, make more choices and go th- for what I was really interested in. So that's why I'm here now. Yeah, I did a small summer research project during my undergrad, which was nothing to do with epidemiology. But I quite liked the whole like research aspect of it, uh, even though it was it wasn't like a long one, obviously, but I wanted to develop that further. After, uh, obviously, I found out about uh, mass bio and epidemiology, I, I, I was pretty keen on doing a PhD on that. I, I feel like it's, I find it really fulfilling doing research that actually like means something and you can see its applications. Yeah, I think we all share that passion that brought us here. At your current stage of PhD, what are the types of tasks you conduct day to day? Have these altered as the PhD has progressed? Most of my time is spent either coding up things for my research or reading through papers, uh, like pre-existing research that's already been done, and see how my work lies in that field. Um, I guess I can't really say how much it's progressed since I'm only in my first year, Uh, but Melissa can talk a bit more about that. Yeah, so I agree initially in the first couple of years, most of my time I was basically coding or reading papers. Uh, Now it's mostly writing. (laughs) Also still kind of running code simulations. I mean, there's a reading as well, but I guess it's more on the writing part at this time of the PhD. Kind of calling back to a previous episode where we were chatting to the director of Spider, Matt Keeling, and he mentioned how actually he's progressed, how just writing has become more and more important part of the job, essentially. And yeah, so it's interesting within the course of a PhD, how writing becomes more of a focal point as it progresses. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Both Phoebe and Melissa, part of the kind of MAFSIS Centre for Doctoral Training, and Lara, yourself, you pr- went through that program, and I went through it's um, like precursor, so it was the Complexity Science Doctoral Training Centre at that point. And as part of that, it has a master's year prior to uh, the PhD. And so Phoebe and Melissa, uh, could you tell us about the kind of current MAFSIS master's year and how that is structured? The first half is, I guess, pretty similar to what you'd expect from a normal taught master's degree. In the first two terms, you do three different modules. And the idea is that they span a really wide range of topics in applied maths. Um, So then it sort of sets you up to be able to go into a whole range of different things. So not just epidemiology, but also like machine learning um, or like opinion dynamics, uh, all sorts of different things. Then you have two research projects. One of them is a group project when uh, some uh, people from usually outside where you come and present a few projects and then you're split into groups and then you yeah work on that project for a few weeks and then you have like an individual research project at the end so it usually takes place over the summer and uh, again people will this time from within work present their their pro- various projects but usually you have like an external partner involved as well yeah, to those two projects. On reflection, what are the key lessons you have taken away from having experienced 
of these two different styles of projects? I guess for me, the biggest difference in experience between the two projects is that as the first one was a group project, so that meant that there was a group of well, three of us for me, um, and then also our supervisors, uh, compared to just uh, working on our own in the uh, individual project. I feel like the main skills I got from the group project were more towards uh, how to work with other people, especially in a, a research environment. So things like how we assigned different tasks or how we uh, use code repositories um, to work together on the same things. I felt like those were the skills that I got that were really valuable from the group project. So my experience with the group project was a bit strange because our project was due to start like at the end of March 2020. <laughs> so that was basically when the pandemic hit and it was a bit of, it was quite chaotic. I mean, it was good that you could like split up tasks uh, into like the different people, but I feel like we weren't really, we weren't really familiar with the whole like meeting online thing yet. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, mixed feelings. <laughs> you both mentioned within these projects, it's like you have supervisors, you might have uh, project collaborators, external partners. Then also within MAFSIS, there are also other activities that uh, can help encourage interactions within and between the students. Would you be able to provide some of the examples of these activities? Um, yeah, so there are quite a few opportunities for us to sort of share our research with each other. Uh, I guess the main one would be the PhD cohort meeting. So every two weeks roughly, we'll all meet up on a Wednesday and then two people will present their research. Um, and then normally there's a lot of questions asked and uh, people really like, get to know what each other are doing. Um, and then the other time is at our annual retreat, which is a sort of three-day conference. Um, and basically all of the current PhD students will either do a short talk or present a poster um, so you get an idea of what everyone in the CDT is doing and you can, there's like lots of time for discussions uh, with people who have similar research inter interests to you. So that's really valuable. Yeah, and also in the annual retreat, there's usually other non-research um, activities, which are quite fun because we don't really see each other outside the department. So it's an opportunity to like meet everyone on a more personal level, I guess. Um, and also, we usually have some sort of Christmas party at the end of the first term. Um, I think any excuse for a party is good. <laughs> uh, and there's other like activities. Recently, we had the brownie competition. Uh, it's just people kind of make these initiatives and they stick through the years, I guess. <laughs> so uh, it's quite nice just to you know have a break from work and just chill with each other. Brownie competition, excellent. I ate way too much, but it was all, all fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for sharing all these experience you had as PhD students. Um, in this time, has there been a skill set that you have developed that perhaps you weren't planning to use? I guess for me, it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't planning on needing it, but the, I, felt, I felt like there's been a lot more of a focus on the like scientific communication side or like reading papers and trying to understand them and more on the writing side than you might expect if you're thinking of a maths PhD. I think a lot of people get the impression that it's just sitting in a room doing maths all day 
but there's a lot more of the like soft skills that you might think of as being more like humanities related skills um which i've had to develop yeah that's an excellent point i hadn't thought of that um another thing that i was uh, thinking that well i hadn't really thought about before was for example like networking at conferences and stuff so yeah whenever i would hear the word networking i always thought of it as like a very like a business thing but it's actually you know if you go to an academic conference that's essentially what you're doing and i hadn't really thought about that aspect of it before and coming off the past couple of years where travel's been more restricted but now in the more recent months the opportunity for attending in person conference scientific meetings again now you've had the opportunity to um, participate in such events is that something you'll be keen to continue doing during the, the rest of your phd studies and w- would there be particular advice you'd give to people at like phoebe stage early in their phd or like future phd students with regards to networking and events i mean as you said in the past two years there weren't really any like in-person conferences so i did attend a couple like online and they did try and have some sort of like mentoring aspect to them but it wasn't that like personal because you're just meeting online um whereas i did attend two conferences recently in person and it was a totally different experience i think the advice would be to just try and actually like talk to people because it's really easy to just sit in a corner and just not engage with anyone but yeah when you go to the conferences you should try and like just start up conversations with people and if you know someone like from Warwick that's going with you then it's nice to just tag along with them because <laughs> yeah, they usually know other people. That's it. It's nice when you have, you have a kind of small contingent from from the research group or from Spider or from Mathsys that go and link up with other other research groups so then kind of hang out in the evening etc it's yeah it's exactly. quite a cool quite a cool environment it's really nice to conclude um to those that who are interested in pursuing a phd in epidemiology and or mathematical modeling uh, would there be any particular advice that you would give to them i think my advice would be to definitely try and find a more structured course like a cdt i think it just makes it a lot easier to get started Um, you're sort of less just thrown into the deep end and it means that you can sort of try out your project a bit before you fully commit to doing it for the PhD so yeah I think in general it just makes your life a lot easier. Yeah uh, more specifically with like epidemiology and mathematical modeling I believe it's really interesting you can see the real life impact we're all living through like Covid now infectious diseases are everywhere so clearly it impacts the everyday life of everyone essentially so yeah doing research in this area is just really important so do it <laughs> thank you very much for sharing these thoughts and for coming and preparing for this conversation thank you for having us yeah thank you